We're going to be learning in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the one piece in Hilchus Meiser. This is Parag Beis Halacha Aleph. And Rab Chaim is going to be analyzing the Shita Sarambam with regard to a buyer's obligation to take Meiser, to tithe, the produce that he buys, and what the scope of that is. The Rambam writes, You're only obligated Mida Oraisa from the Torah to take Meiser, Hagomer Perosav La'achlan La'atzmo, someone who completes their fruit in order to eat it themselves. So that is the one case where you're Chayiv Mida Oraisa and Meiser. But if you complete them in order to sell them, so a seller is He's exempt midoraisa, but he is obligated midra banan. And the reason that he's exempt midoraisa is because when the Torah gives this mitzvah, it says that you should take meiser on what you're going to eat. So if you're not planning on eating it, you're planning on selling it, then you're exempt midoraisa from meiser. Similarly, says the Rambam, if you're a buyer, you're also putter in Meiser, Mida Oraisa, even though you're Chayiv Midra Banan. And the proof for that is because it says, Tvuas Zarecha, the Torah describes it as your produce. So that implies that you grew the produce, but if you bought the produce, then you're exempt Mida Oraisa in Meiser. Only Midra Banan, they obligated them. Now the Rambam gives a very important limitation to this exemption Mida Oraisa for a buyer. It's only when the buyer buys it after the seller had already completed preparing the produce. But if the buyer buys it before they were completed, so the seller sells him the raw produce and then he completes the preparation, so then the buyer would be obligated in Meiser, Mida Oraisa. So the Rambam records the basic halacha that both the seller and the buyer are putter Mida Oraisa in taking off Meiser, but he limits that a case of a buyer only applies when he bought it after the seller had prepared the produce. If the buyer prepared the produce, then he is obligated, Mida Oraisa, to take Meiser. So the Raivit disagrees with this limitation of the Rambam, and he holds that whether the buyer buys it after it was completed or before it was completed is irrelevant. In all cases, it's Pater Mida Oraisa from Meiser. And the Raivit has basically three arguments against the Rambam. Number one centers on the reading of the Psukim, because the Torah obligates Aser ta aser, you take meiser, which is after the produce is smoothed, which means it's been completed. So the case of the Torah is talking about produce which is completed, and on that the Torah says tvuas zarecha. It's only if it's your produce, which, as we said, is the source for the exemption for a lokeach. So the very case of the Torah, the context that the Torah gives this halacha in, is a case where the produce has been completed, and still the Torah exempts a buyer. Now, the way the Ravid interprets this, and we'll talk about this in a minute in Rab Chaim, but the Ravid understands that what the Torah's case is, is that someone bought produce and then they completed it, and the Torah is saying that they are still exempt. Obviously, you could have said it diametrically opposite, but we'll get into that in a minute. Second problem the Ravid raises is that in the similar case of Hefker, which is ownerless produce that somebody takes ownership of, so the person who acquires the produce from Hefker is not obligated Mido Raisa and Meiser, and even if they go ahead and complete the produce, that the Gemara says explicitly, the Ravid infers that if they complete the produce in the city, then they're totally putter. But if they complete it in a field, so then they're obligated Midra Banan. But either way, they are Pater Mida Oraisa. So the Ravid says that if the similar case of Hefker is Pater Mida Oraisa, even when the new owner completed it, so the same should be in the case of a buyer, even if he goes ahead and completes it, he should still be Pater, at least Mida Oraisa, just like Hefker. The third problem is that the Ravid references a Gemara in Bab Metziah, which he believes indicates like his position. But later on in Reb Chaim's piece, we'll get into that Gemara and we'll see that there's a debate in Tosos there how to read that. So those are the Ravid's three questions against the Rambam's view that someone who buys early stage produce and then completes it themselves is obligated in Meiser, Mida Oraisa.
Now, let's go back to the Ravid's first question from the Psukim. The way the Ravid presents it, the fact that the Torah is talking about a case where the produce has been completed is a problem on the Rambam because the indication is that someone bought produce and then completed it and they are still putter from Meiser. But Rab Chaim points out the obvious point that in fact it would be more problematic according to the Rambam if the Torah was talking about produce which had not yet been completed because then it would literally be contradicting the Rambam. It wouldn't just be an inference. It would literally be saying that in a case of early stage produce which is bought, the buyer is putter me to take off Meiser. So that would have been a much stronger question on the Rambam. It's not that the Ravid has no question on the Rambam, but it's a very weak or subjective type of question because the Rambam could just say that the Torah is talking about a case where the produce was already completed by the seller and then the buyer bought it. That's why he's exempt. But if he would buy it before it's completed, then he would be chayiv mido raisa. So given that the psukim are talking about after the produce is completed, you can sort of create whichever story version you want, either the Rambams or the Ravids, as opposed to if the psukim were talking about early stage produce, then that would really be a knockout question against the Rambam. So the Ravids critique of the Rambam seems weak and subjective, but the way Rab Chaim's about to explain it conceptually is going to give it much more grounding. Now, I don't want to get too caught up in the technicalities of the Ravid's question against the Rambam based on the Psukim because it can get a little convoluted, but it is interesting just for contrast with Rab Chaim to see how the Kesef Mishnah deals with this. In his comments on the Rambam, as he often does, he beautifully explains how he understands the Rambam and the Ravid's approach. And his reading of the Ravid's question is that the Ravid is saying, since the Torah is clearly talking about produce which has been completed, because that's when the obligation of Meiser kicks in. So you see that the Torah's interest in that section is to talk about completed produce. So it makes sense that when the Torah exempts a buyer from Meiser, it's talking about the buyer who completed the produce, because that's the parallel case of the farmer who completed the produce. Because to say like the Rambam that the case of the farmer is when he completed the produce and the case of the buyer is when the seller completed the produce creates an unnecessary division in the two cases. The fact that the Torah shows that what it's interested in is ruling in cases of who completed the produce indicates that when it exempts the buyer, it's referring to a buyer who completed the produce too. That's a very clear, nice understanding of the Ravid's question. And then the Kesef Mishnah continues and he points out what Rab Chaim said, that the Rambam, of course, could just read it a little bit differently, that the Torah is saying that when the farmer slash the seller completed the produce, that's the case where the buyer is exempt. But if the buyer completes the produce, then they would be obligated Mido Raisa. So the Rambam can just change the story a little bit and find his halacha in that. Or the Kesef Mishnah adds another approach that the Rambam might not even have to read his halacha into the psukim because since it's logical that whoever completed the produce becomes obligated in Meiser, so if the buyer completed the produce, it makes sense that he's obligated in Meiser, even if that's a little bit forced in the actual reading of the psukim. So you see the way the Kesef Mishnah sets this up, that he explains the Ravid's question, but even though there's a certain amount of subjectivity back and forth, and the Rambam might not read perfectly into the psukim, he seems okay with that. Reb Chaim, on the other hand, in order to explain the Ravid's question, is now going to go in a whole different conceptual direction, and that will explain exactly what the Ravid is asking on the Rambam. So Reb Chaim begins, and he wants to understand what exactly is the difference, according to the Rambam, at which point in the process the buyer purchased the produce. And he says that don't say that the Rambam holds that if the buyer purchases the produce after it's completed, then he's considered a buyer or the exemption of a buyer kicks in. But if he purchases the produce earlier on in the process, so then he's either not halachically considered a buyer with regard to this produce or the exemption doesn't kick in. Says Rab Chaim, that can't be the explanation because what would be the logical reasoning behind that? 
In fact, the logic seems to go the opposite direction, that if someone who bought produce, which has already been completed, so it's already obligated in Meister, and the buyer still becomes exempt by purchasing that produce, then certainly someone who buys earlier produce, which never had the obligation of Meister, should continue to be exempt from taking Meister. In other words, if buying produce is sufficient to remove the obligation of Meister, then certainly it should preclude the obligation of Meister from devolving onto this produce. So Rab Chaim explains that in fact what's going on according to the Rambam is that a buyer is exempt from Meiser regardless of which point in the process he purchases the produce. Regardless of whether it's before it's completed or after it's completed. But if the buyer purchases the produce before it's completed, so then once he goes ahead and completes the produce, it reawakens, it recreates a new obligation to take off Meiser, and that he has no way of getting out of because he already bought the produce. We have to almost visualize it with a timeline, that when someone buys produce, it exempts that produce from Meiser, Mido Raisa, but when someone completes it, it obligates the produce. So if the person purchases the produce before it's completed, once they go ahead and complete complete the produce, it becomes obligated at that moment. And since that moment is chronologically after when they bought it, so there's no way for them to get out of it. And now they're obligated in Meiser, Mido, Raisa. As opposed to the other way, where first it was completed, so at that moment the produce became obligated in Meiser, and then subsequently the person bought it, so that would exempt them, so the exemption would remain in place moving forward. And Rab Chaim says that this conceptual understanding is implicit in the very language of the Rambam. Avalim nigmaru biyad lokeach, if the buyer completed it, then it becomes obligated. So Rab Chaim understands that to mean that when the buyer completes the produce, it creates a new obligation on the produce which had previously been exempt because it was bought. So according to Rab Chaim, when the Ravid read the Rambam and understood the basis for the Rambam's approach, he now had a very powerful question from the Torah. Because the case of the Torah is with regards to produce which has been completed. Otherwise, it wouldn't be obligated at all in Meiser. So obviously, this produce has been finished. And still, the Torah says that a buyer is exempt. So you see that when it comes to a clash between buying the produce and completing it, buying still remains an exemption. That goes against the whole Rambam's concept that, so to speak, when there's a clash between the buying and the completing, the completing wins out in the sense that it creates a new obligation. The Ravid's question is that the Torah seems to imply that buying produce is a leniency even against the factor of the produce being completed. So the way Rab Chaim's reading the Ravid's question, it's not a technical question that the case of the Torah has to be where the buyer bought it and then completed it because then you could argue that maybe the case of the Torah is where the buyer bought it after it was completed. The Ravid's question is a more conceptual one that the Torah recorded the whole leniency of buying in the context of completed produce. So that shows you that buying is a sufficient exemption that it even overrides the completion of the produce. So even if the buyer goes ahead and completes it, they still are included under the leniency of the Torah of Tvuas Zarecha that you have to have owned it the entire time and it can't be that you bought it. So according to Rab Chaim, the understanding of what the Rambam and the Ravid are debating makes more sense of exactly what the Ravid is asking on the Rambam. In addition, says Rab Chaim, this is the implication from the second question of the Ravid, from Hefker, because the case of ownerless produce is also where someone acquires it and they still remain exempt from Meiser. That's the Ravid's point, that not only are they exempt from Meiser, but they remain exempt from Meiser even after going ahead and completing it. So you see against the Rambam's view that there is no reawakening, there is no creating a new obligation once the produce has become exempt from Meiser. So Rab Chaim reads into the Ravid that he understood the Rambam as Rab Chaim's been explaining the Rambam's approach, that it's talking about a new obligation not bringing back the old one. And that's the basis for the Ravid's questions that he means to say, you see that in a case of buying or taking ownerless produce, the exemption remains. It does not get recreated by going ahead and completing it. 
Now Reb Chaim tries to define more carefully the Rambam's approach. So he begins with a basic question, which is, according to the way he explained the Rambam, and let's go back to the timeline, so it emerges that when someone buys produce, at that moment the produce is exempt from Miser, and that exemption continues for some time. And then when this person goes ahead and completes the produce, there's a new obligation of Miser. But there was a period of time in the middle when the produce was exempt from Miser. And that we don't see any indication of in the Rambam, that there's this period of exemption that then changes and becomes obligated. And that's also a strange idea. So Rab Chaim answers this with an important conceptual distinction. The exemption of a buyer is not a complete removal from the concept of truma and meiser. Meaning Reb Chaim is limiting the exemption of a buyer that it's not totally removed from the whole idea of truma and meiser. What it means is that at the moment that this is considered bought produce, it's not obligated in Meiser. It's still in the concept, in the orbit of Meiser, but it's not obligatory during that time. So this is an important distinction between produce, which is totally removed from Meiser, versus produce, which is simply not obligated in Meiser. And according to Rab Chaim, the leniency of a buyer is the second type. So it's a more limited leniency. And the proof is because once the buyer goes ahead and completes the produce, there's a new obligation of Meiser. So you see that it could not have been totally removed because then you can't create any obligation of Meiser on this produce. The fact that it could assume an obligation of Meiser later on must mean that at no point was it totally removed from Meiser. It was just not obligated. Now, the practical difference between these two is if someone goes ahead and takes Meiser from this produce. So if it's removed from Meiser, then that's not going to work. But if it's merely not obligated, then you could take the Meiser and that will exempt it later on when it does become obligated in Meiser. So once we define the exemption of a buyer in that way, then it becomes the exact parallel to the status of the produce before Miruach, before it's completed. At that point too, it's not obligated in Meiser, but it's not removed from Meiser in the sense that if you take Meiser, it will count for once you go ahead and complete the produce. So that means that the leniency of a buyer and the leniency of produce before it's been completed are formulated in the exact same way. Says Rab Chaim, if that's the case, then someone who buys produce before it's been completed has not in any way changed the status of this produce because it was not obligated before they bought it, because it hadn't been completed yet, but it was also not removed from Meiser in the sense that you could take the Meiser off at that point. And the exact same thing remains after the person buys it. It's still not obligated in Meiser, but on the other hand, you could take the Meiser at that point. So buying it in no way changed the status of this produce. Therefore, says Rab Chaim, buying produce before it's completed, is not halachically significant in any way. It's meaningless because it doesn't change the status of the produce. The only thing it could mean is that after the produce is completed, it's still going to be exempt because it was bought. But according to the Rambam, that's not true because once it's completed, that creates a new obligation. So the buying it is not even going to exempt it at that point. So there literally is no meaning to produce which is bought before it's completed. It does not change in any way the trajectory of this produce. Once it's completed, it's obligated in Meiser. And the whole leniency of buying produce, according to the Rambam, is only when it's bought after it was already completed. So that's exactly what the Ravid is protesting against because the Torah seems to imply that the leniency of buying applies even with regard to the context of completed produce. Whereas according to the Rambam, buying produce before it's completed doesn't affect the produce at all. So that's the Ravid's critique of the Rambam's approach. But, says Rab Chaim, this understanding of the Rambam is going to answer the second question of the Ravid from Hefker. And again, the Ravid's question was that if someone takes ownership of ownerless produce, 
they're totally exempt from Meiser forever, even after they complete it. So the difference, says Rab Chaim, is the shiny Hefker, the Hudin Ptur V'Hafka. Hefker is a total removal from the concept and the orbit of Meiser. You can't take Meiser on ownerless produce at all. So it's not just that it's not obligated in Meiser, but it's totally removed from Meiser. So that's why once a produce becomes ownerless, it can never become obligated in Meiser again, even after it's completed, because it had that moment when it was totally absolved and totally removed from Meiser. And even more so is that back to whether or not you can choose to take Meiser. So once produce has grown a third of its full growth, you can choose to take Truma and Meiser at that point, even though it's not obligated yet. So if subsequent to that, the produce becomes ownerless, that in fact is a real change in the status of this produce, because when it was owned, you could voluntarily take the Meiser off. And now that it's Hefker, you can no longer even take off Meiser. So because Hefker creates a real change in the status of the produce, that's why it can't be undone. The produce that became ownerless gets sealed as exempt from Meiser. And even once the new owner goes ahead and completes it, there is no new obligation that can get created. But that's different than a buyer, whereas Rab Chaim explained that there is no seal that this produce is exempt from Meiser. It's just that the person who buys it is not obligated to take off Meiser, which is no different than the status it had once it grew a third until it's completed. So the only important factor in the timeline of the buyer is when it's completed. And therefore, if the buyer does complete it, that would create a new obligation of Meiser. And that would meet the Torah's criteria of Tvuas Zarecha, that it has to be your produce because he owned it at the moment of completion. And this distinction of the Rambam between buying early stage produce versus produce that's been completed is also the position of Rabbeinu Tam that Tosos in Bab Mitzian Daf Peches quotes. So this is Rab Chaim's explanation for the Rambam's opinion. It's not that there's a different status between a buyer who buys early produce versus completed produce, but rather for a buyer, the operative moment is when it's completed. So if he owns it before it's completed, once that moment of completion happens, that creates an obligation of Meiser. And that's the explanation of the Rambam's distinction between an early buyer versus someone who buys completed produce. Now, in the third paragraph, Rab Chaim moves on to more carefully describe what exactly is the case of a buyer that the Rambam is describing. So he begins by pointing out that in the halacha of the Rambam we read earlier, he actually pairs together two cases. One is where the seller completed the produce with the intention to sell it. And case number two is where someone bought it. So Rab Chaim believes that the fact that the Rambam put these two cases together indicates some underlying similarity between them. And he wants to understand why the Rambam believes that there's a connection between these two similar but seemingly different cases. So Rab Chaim says a big Chiddush in order to explain this. And this is a technical Chiddush, but he says that the Rambam only believes there's an exemption for a buyer in the case where the seller completed the produce with the intention to sell it. But if the seller completed the produce intending to keep it and then changed his mind and sold it, then the buyer who bought this produce would not be exempt from Meiser. So in fact, they're not two different cases, but they're essentially the same case. They're both talking about a farmer who completed his produce with the intention of selling it. So that's the first case that he's exempt from Meiser. And then the second case adds that if somebody buys it, they're also exempt from Meiser, but only in that exact case where the farmer's intention was to sell it. So obviously the question is, what does the second case add to the first case if they're both talking about produce which was originally completed with the intention to be sold? So Rab Chaim explains there is a subtle difference, and that is if the farmer completes the produce intending to sell it and then changes his mind and decides to eat it himself, so then it would revert to being obligated in Truma and Meiser. Because even though when he finished it, it was not obligated, once he changes his mind, that finishing retroactively obligates it in Truma and Meiser. 
as opposed to the case of a buyer, where even though he decides to eat the food, it's not retroactively obligated in Truma and Meister. So that's the big difference between a buyer and the farmer himself, that if the farmer changes his mind afterwards, it would be obligated in Truma and Meister. But once someone buys it, even though they decide to eat it themselves and not to sell it, they are still not obligated in Truma and Meister. But there's still a larger question on Rab Chaim's reading of the Rambam, and that is why. Why does the Rambam feel that it's necessary to limit the case of a buyer only to where the farmer completed the produce with the intention to sell it? Why not just say that it's a separate and distinct halacha that buying exempts produce from Meiser regardless of the intention when the farmer completed the produce? Why does the Rambam have to connect these two cases when on the surface it seems that the case of a buyer is a new case having nothing to do with the intention of the farmer when he completed the produce? So in order to explain the Rambam's approach, Reb Chaim analyzes a machlokas between Rabbeinu Tam and the Rivam in Tosus Bav Metziah Daf Peches on this very issue. And based on that, he's going to come back to the Rambam. Tosus quotes that Rabbeinu Tam held like the Rambam, that a buyer is only exempt if he buys it after the produce was completed, not if he buys it and then completes it himself. And the Rivam held the exact opposite, that a buyer is only exempt if he buys early produce and then completes it. But once the produce was completed by the seller, then the buyer remains obligated in Meiser. So the exact opposite of Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam. And the Kesef Mishnah points out that the Ravid seems to have a third approach to the whole issue, which is that all buyers, regardless of when they bought it, before it was completed or after it was completed, they're always exempt from Meiser. So the Ravid has the broadest leniency. Now, the Rivam's argument against Rabbeinu Tam is that once the produce became obligated in Meiser, when it was completed, how could buying it remove that obligation? In other words, the Rivam could accept that buying produce is going to prevent an obligation of Meiser, but how does it remove an already existing obligation of Meiser? So in order to answer Rabbeinu Tam, Reb Chaim's again going to say a pretty big chiddish, which is again a technical limitation on the case. And he says that maybe in this case we're talking about when the produce wasn't brought into the house yet. Now, before it's brought into the house, it's not considered completed. That's what Tosus and Shabbos, Daf Kuf Chazayin and Mabez explains, that if you take off Meiser Rishon, the tenth, which goes to the Levi, before you take off the Truma, which is around the 50th, which goes to the Kohen. So the Truma is supposed to go before the Meiser, but if you reverse it before you brought it into the house, so then that Meiser is no longer obligated on Truma because it's not considered that it was completed. So once we understand that bringing it into the house is the final completion, Rabbeinu Tam's case could be where this produce was not brought into the house yet. So even though it was smoothed, on a practical level it was completed, but halachically, until it comes into the house, it's not obligated in Meiser. And that's why when someone buys it, they're not obligated to take off Meiser. And it's not removing a pre-existing obligation like the Rivam said. It's just preventing the obligation from starting when the buyer brings it into their house. Now, the Rivam, who does say that it would be removing an obligation, so he would hold like Tosus in Be'edaf Yud Gimel Amid Be'ez, who disagrees with that Tosus in Shabbos and says that the practical smoothing is considered the halachic completion even before it's brought into the house. So that's why, according to the Rivam, once it's smoothed, it's considered completed and obligated in Meiser, and if someone buys it at that point, they remain obligated in Meiser. So the Machlokas Rabbeinu Tam and the Rivam, in the case where where a buyer bought produce, which had not been brought into the house yet, would be the parallel machlokas between the two tosasim in Shabbos and Beya as to whether completion is smoothing it or bringing it into the house. Now, building on this analysis, so the Rambam, as we said, holds like Rabbeinu Tam with regard to the buyer. But the Rambam and Hilchus Trumas Paragimel Halachiyad Gimel rules like Tosus and Beya that in the case of Meiser Rishon Shegdimu Bakri, when you take off the Meiser prior to the Truma, that everything depends on the moment of smoothing. So if it was before it was smoothed, 
then the levy doesn't have to take truma on his meiser gift. But if it was already smooth, then the levy has to take truma. So according to Rab Chaim's framework, the Rambam has an internal contradiction because he holds that once it's smooth, it's completed. It does not need to go into the house. And yet, if someone buys it at that point, they're exempt from meiser. And we have the Rivam's question, how could buying it remove the obligation of meiser? So the simple answer, Rab Chaim says, is that the Rambam does not believe there has to be consistency in these cases, even though the Rivam does. And he believes that even though once it's smoothed, the Kohen has the right to Truma, but even so, buying it afterwards would exempt the produce from Truma and Meiser. So the Rambam might not hold that there has to be the same kind of consistency across the board in all of these cases. But says Rab Chaim that there's a better answer. And that is that the Rambam actually agrees with the Rivam, that once produce becomes obligated in Truma and Meiser, it doesn't lose it because someone bought it. So putting this all together, that would mean that the Rambam agrees with Rabbeinu Tam. That if somebody buys produce and then completes it themselves, they're obligated in Truma and Meiser. And he also agrees with the Rivam that if the produce is completed and then someone buys it, they remain obligated in Truma and Meiser. So there is no case, according to the Rambam, where a buyer is exempt from Truma and Meiser because after it's completed, the buyer is obligated and before it's completed, the buyer is obligated. Says Rab Chaim, unbelievably brilliantly, that's exactly what forced the Rambam to say that the whole case of a buyer is only where the seller completed the produce with the intention to sell it. So in that one limited case, you have the practical situation where a buyer does not have to take Meiser because it's already completed, so he doesn't need to complete it. But when it was completed, it was not obligated at that moment because the farmer completed it to sell it. So that resolves the Rivam's question of how could you remove an obligation of Meiser by buying it. In other words, the Rambam's answer to the Rivam's question on Rabbeinu Tam is that he accepts the basic premise that if the farmer completes the produce and then sells it, the buyer is still obligated in Meiser. With one exception, when the farmer completed the produce intending to sell it, so then at the moment of completion, it was not obligated in Meiser, and so the buyer can continue with that exemption. And that is the whole case of a buyer. In other words, Reb Chaim's brilliantly boxed in the Rambam because he doesn't have available Rabbeinu Tam's answer to the Rivam's question that the halachic moment of completion is when the produce comes inside. But since the Rambam disagrees with that, he's forced to say a different answer, which is to limit the whole case very drastically to only applicable when the farmer completed it with the intention to sell it. And this fits exactly with the way the Rambam presents the halacha because he does connect these two cases where the farmer completed it to sell it and where someone bought it. And the reason is because the Rambam holds that the buyer is only exempt in the context of the first case. Now Reb Chaim addresses a possible rebuttal, which is how could you say that this whole halacha that a buyer is exempt from Meiser, which seems like a broad sweeping halacha, only applies in this one specific case where the farmer completed it with the intention to sell it. So Rab Chaim answers that forgetting about his analysis, that anyway seems to be the fact that the exemption of a buyer only applies where the seller completed it intending to sell. And the way he gets there is because Rab Chaim believes, as he already said, that everyone's going to agree, Rabbeinu Tam and the Rivam and the Rambam, that once the produce comes into the house and it becomes fully obligated in Truma and Meiser, that if someone buys that produce, they're still obligated in Truma and Meiser. It seems too far-fetched to imagine that produce which is fully obligated in Truma and Meiser could become exempt because it was purchased. Again, this is Rab Chaim's perspective on this halacha, that there has to be some sort of leniency built in for the halacha of the buyer to build on. But if the produce is fully obligated, so then just buying it is not going to transform it into being exempt. Now, based on that, says Rab Chaim, there's a problem because the Gemara in Bamitzi and Beis entertains the possibility, it has one answer, that the whole halacha of Rabbi Yanai, that produce becomes obligated when it comes into the house, only applies to olives and grapes, which don't get smoothed into bundles. So because olives and grapes are missing the smoothing factor, their completion is when it gets brought into the house. But regular produce, which gets smoothed in the fields, 
So it's fully completed once it's smoothed, even before it comes into the house. So according to that answer in the Gemara, the whole Rabbeinu Tam's approach is going to be problematic. Because Rabbi Chaim had explained that Rabbeinu Tam's approach is based on the idea that before it comes into the house, it's not completed and therefore it's not obligated. But according to that line in the Gemara, that doesn't apply to most produce. It only would apply to olives and grapes. And to say that the whole halacha of a buyer only applies to olives and grapes would be very far-fetched. So Rab Chaim says, according to Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam, there is no way to make sense of the case of a buyer according to that line in the Gemara. Because if he buys it before it was completed, so then he becomes obligated once he completes it. And as soon as it's completed, even before it comes into the house, it's fully obligated in Meiser. So if he buys it then, he's also Chayiv in Meiser. So there is no moment when a buyer would be exempt from Meiser. Except the only possibility would be where the farmer completed the produce intending to sell it. So at that moment, it did not become obligated in Meiser. And then the person bought it, but they still remain exempt from Meiser. So according to at least that line in the Gemara, Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam would certainly have to say that the whole exemption is only when the farmer completed it intending to sell it and then someone bought it. But if the farmer completed it intending to eat it and then someone bought it, then it would be obligated. So basically, Rab Chaim's shown that there's a line in the Gemara that would be forced to say the same limitation on the whole halacha of a buyer. And once you see that it's possible within one approach in the Gemara, so you could easily say that at the end of the day, the Rambam believes that is the whole context of this halacha. So Rab Chaim's defended his limitation of the case by showing that at least according to one answer in the Gemara, that is the only case too. And now the last step, Rab Chaim pulls together all of the different topics that he's been addressing in this Rambam. And he says that once we establish that according to the Rambam, the whole leniency of a buyer is only in a case where there was a pre-existing exemption. In other words, the buyer's leniency seals a leniency which was already there. So when the Rambam made a distinction and said that a buyer who purchased the produce before it was completed is obligated, it's not that there's anything different about this buyer from any other buyer. Because this buyer also bought produce which was not yet obligated in Meister. So he should be exempt like any other buyer. But the difference is that in this case, once he goes ahead and completes the produce, that creates a new obligation and that one he has no way to get out of because he already owns the produce. So Reb Chaim's analysis has reinforced the way he originally explained the Rambam that it's not that there's any difference between buyers at which stage they buy it, but rather the important factor is that whoever completes it is going to become obligated in the Truman Meister. And our first clue to this was the Ravid's question on the Rambam, because the Ravid too understood the Rambam to be saying that there's a new obligation once the buyer completes the produce. And on that he asked that the whole leniency of the Torah with regards to a buyer is in the case of produce which is completed. So how could the Rambam hold that completing produce negates the leniency of a buyer when the whole halacha of a buyer, of tvuas zarecha, that you have to have grown it, is stated in the context of completed produce. So that's Rab Chaim's explanation of this debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. The key conceptual point that he's developing throughout is that the difference between a buyer who buys early stage produce versus after it's been completed is not in the buyer. It's not that there's some different halachic status between the two, but rather completing the produce is the key factor. And whoever does that with the intention to eat the produce is going to be obligated in Truma and Meiser. In addition, Rab Chaim also has a conceptual distinction between produce which is bought versus produce which is ownerless. Bought produce is not obligated in Meiser, but it's not removed from Meiser, whereas ownerless produce is totally removed from Meiser. And the practical difference is whether you can voluntarily choose to take Truma and Meiser on that produce. And finally, this isn't really a conceptual approach, but it is a brilliant analytical approach. Rab Chaim has an incredible reading of the Rambam's view of these halachas and shows why the Rambam was forced to say that the whole halacha of a buyer only applies in the specific case 
where the farmer completed the produce with the intention to sell it. So the Kesef Mishnah set up three opinions in the Rishonim in this halacha. Rabbeinu Tam holds that a buyer is only exempt if they buy the produce after it was completed, not if they buy it before it was completed. The Rivam holds the polar opposite, that a buyer is only exempt if they buy the produce before it was completed, not if they buy it after it was completed. And the Rivid holds more expansively that in either case the buyer is exempt. Now Rab Chaim's introduced a fourth opinion of the Rambam, which is the most limited, and the Rambam holds that in almost all cases the buyer is obligated in Meiser, whether he buys the produce before it was completed or whether he buys it after it was completed. Either way, if the produce was completed with the intention to be eaten, then the buyer is obligated in Meiser. It's only in a case where the farmer completed the produce intending to sell it, that's when the leniency of a buyer kicks in and he's exempt from now, even though Rab Chaim comes to this whole interpretation of the Rambam on his own, and he shows us the brilliant steps that led him there, and he also finds proof to it from the Gemara, but there's actually a long and venerable tradition of interpreting the Rambam this way. The Ramban already in his Chidushim on Bab Metzian, Daf Peches, so he also interprets the Rambam the way Rab Chaim does, and he's followed by two of the major Rishone Sfarad, who very often follow the Ramban's approaches. And that is his student, the Rashba, who's quoted in the Shittim Kubetzas on Bab Metziah, and later the Ran in the Chidushe Haran. So they all interpret the Rambam that the only leniency of a buyer is when the seller completed the produce with the intention to sell it. The way the Ramban gets there is very interesting. He quotes Rabbeinu Tam's distinction between an early stage buyer versus buying after the produce has been completed. But he asks a very powerful question. If according to Rabbeinu Tam, a buyer who purchases produce after it's been completed is totally exempt from truma and meiser mida oraisa, any truma and meiser obligation is only going to be rabbinic, then why is there a concept of demai? Which means when someone purchases produce and they don't know if truma and meiser have been properly taken, so the rabbis instituted certain rules about that produce. And there's a whole masachet about it. But says the Ramban, if according to Rabbeinu Tam, in that case, there is no obligation midoraisa whatsoever, then why should the rabbis have bothered to make any rules? Because the principle is rov ameharetz ma'asrin. Most regular farmers in Israel did take meiser properly. So why should the rabbis have gotten involved at all if the whole concern is only rabbinic and it's only a minority of people anyways? That seems very unlikely that they would have instituted rules for a potential minority violation of their own rabbinic rules. So the Ramban says that there has to be some Daoraisa concern here that the rabbis are protecting with the rules of Demai. So because of that, the Ramban limits the whole halacha of a buyer only to a case where the seller completed the produce in order to sell it. But if the seller completed the produce intending to eat it, and then this person bought it, then there is an obligation midoraisa to take truma and meiser. And it's because of those cases that the rabbis were concerned and they instituted demai. And the Ramban concludes, that that's what Reb Moshe the Sfardi, meaning the Rambam said. So you see that the Ramban reads this distinction also into the words of the Rambam, like Reb Chaim argued. And again, the Rashba and the Ran follow that approach too. So Reb Chaim is in very good company reading it this way. Now, the Menchas Chinuch disagrees, and in Mitzah Shin Sadi Hei Sifkatan Dalid, he writes explicitly in the Rambam that if the farmer completed it with the intention to eat it, and then he gives it to someone else or he sells it to someone else, that person would be exempt from Meiser. And Reb Kiva Eger also, in his comments on this Rambam in Hilchus Meiser Beis Beis, so he quotes from the Chuvis Bate Kahuna, similarly, that even if the farmer completed it intending to eat it, and then someone buys it, they would probably be exempt from Meiser. So the Menchas Chinuch and Reb Kiveger read the Rambam differently, unlike Reb Chaim's more limited reading. And probably the reason why Reb Kiveger, the Menchas Chinuch, and Reb Chaim are not quoting the discussion from the Ramban, the Rashba, and the Ran is they maybe didn't have access to those manuscripts, and I don't know when they were printed but presumably they didn't see that shita in the Rishonim. Now this gets more complicated between Rab Chaim and the Menchas Chinuch, and as we'll see, they really have two very different perspectives on this whole halacha. 
Because part of the way Rab Chaim built up his argument that the Rambam limits the whole case of a buyer only to where the farmer completed it with the intention to sell it is because Rab Chaim's explaining that what does a buyer add to the general exemption of a farmer who completed the produce intending to sell it? And the answer Rab Chaim said is that if the farmer completes it intending to sell it and then changes his mind, so he reverts to being obligated in Meiser. Whereas the exemption of a buyer is stronger because even though he plans to eat it, he's still exempt from Meister. That was how Rab Chaim set it up. Now the inverse of that would be that if the farmer completes it with the intention to eat it and then he changes his mind and decides to sell it, so he would then become exempt from taking off Meister because the two halachas are parallel. So if changing his mind to decide to eat the produce is going to make it chayiv in Meiser, then changing his mind to decide to sell it is going to exempt it in Meiser. So Reb Chaim is of the opinion that if the farmer himself changes his mind, that changes the halacha. And that's what's different about a buyer because that cements the exemption in. Now again, the Menchas disagrees with this and he says explicitly that if the farmer completed it intending to sell it and then he changes his mind and decides to eat it, he's still exempt. Meaning the Menchas believes that changing his mind isn't going to change the halacha of the produce. Everything depends only on the moment of completion, whether he was intending to sell it or to eat it. And the same says the Menchas in the opposite case where he completed it intending to eat it and then he changed his mind and decided to sell it, he still has to take Meiser. And that's what Reb Kiveger also writes. So according to the Minchas Chinuch and Reb Kiveger, they disagree with the whole assumption of Reb Chaim that the farmer himself changing his mind is going to change the halachic status of the produce, which is the whole basis for his distinction between the farmer himself versus the buyer. But Reb Kiveger and the Minchas Chinuch maintain that the farmer's status is also cemented at the moment of completion. So there's no difference then between the farmer versus the buyer. And that would undercut Rab Chaim's whole setup of this halacha. Now, Rav Shach in the Aviezri takes issue with Rab Chaim's position also, but his question also includes Rab Kiveger and the Menchas Chinuch's perspective. Rav Shach points out that the whole halacha of taking Meiser is only an obligation on someone eating the produce. But the person selling the produce is not in any way included in the obligation of Meiser Mida Oraisa. Even though it's prohibited to sell food, which is not allowed to be eaten, so somebody who's selling tevel, produce which didn't take off truma and meiser, is violating a prohibition, but that's a separate prohibition that has nothing to do with meiser. So the obligation of meiser is only someone planning on eating it. So if that's the case, says Rav Shach, we're forced to say that when the Torah excluded someone who's selling their produce, it's only referring to a case where they completed it intending to sell it, and then they changed their mind and decided to eat it, but they're still exempt from Meiser. Any other case is going to be an automatic exemption from Meiser. You don't need a special Pusik to tell you that a seller is exempt from Meiser. So that's going to exclude Rab Chaim's position that somebody who changes their mind and decides to eat it is obligated in Meiser because according to Rab Chaim, there's no real way to understand the halacha that exempts a seller. And it's also going to exclude Rab Kiveger in the Menchas Chinuch's case of someone who intended to eat it and then changed his mind to sell it. They say he's obligated but according to Rav Shach, there can't be a of Mida Oraisa to take Meiser on produce that you're selling. And Rav Shach also has another argument against Rav Chaim's position because the Rambam later in Meiser Dalit Beis almost explicitly says that if someone completed the produce intending to sell it and then they eat it, so they get makas mardus. They get a rabbinic punishment for having eaten it. So that indicates very clearly, unlike Rab Chaim, that that's not a prohibition midoraisa, but it's only drabanan, even though the farmer himself changed his mind and decided to eat it. So there's some very strong arguments against Rab Chaim's assumption that a farmer changing his mind is going to change the status of the produce after it was completed. And there's major achronim who disagree with him on that point. Now, returning to Rab Chaim's idea that the Rambam holds the whole exemption of a buyer is only where the farmer completed it, intending to sell it. So there's a big problem that the Achronim raise, and in the back of the Or Olam edition of Rab Chaim, they quote that the Gidule Shmuel asked a similar version of this question to Rab Chaim's son, Rab Velvel, the Briskerov. 
And the question is that in the Gemara and Bava it compares the case of a worker who's allowed to eat the produce he's picking without taking miser. And the Gemara compares that to a buyer. And it says that a buyer should not be obligated mida or raisa in that case. Now, according to Rab Chaim, the worker finishes the produce intending to eat it. So Midoraisa, he should be obligated in Meiser. It's only where it was completed intending to sell it that he would be exempt. And in this case, he completed it intending to eat it. So this seems to go diametrically opposed to Rab Chaim's reading in the Rambam. Now in the Or Olam edition, they quote from Rabbi Yisrael Yaakov Fisher, who was the head of the Badats and a very careful reader of Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, that he pointed out that now that we saw the Ramban holds exactly like Rabbi Chaim's reading in the Rambam, so if you look in the Chidush Ramban, he also addresses this question. And he answers that because the worker has the right to eat from the Torah, so they don't actually acquire the produce until they actually eat it. But when they complete it, it's under the ownership of the owner and the owner understands that the worker has the right to eat. So it is completed with the intention of quote unquote being sold and that's why it's included in the overall leniency of a buyer. So once we discover that the Ramban shares the same reading as Rab Chaim of the Rambam, so now we also find the answer how to read that line in the Gemara in the Ramban. Now one last point worth developing is Rab Chaim's distinction between Hefker and a buyer, that Hefker is totally removed from the concept of Meiser, whereas the buyer is not obligated in Meiser, but it's not removed. So in the back of the Or Olam edition, they quote a number of comments on this piece from Rab Chaim's grandson, and one of the things he points out is that Rab Chaim's distinction between Hefker and a buyer is in the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam who hold that a buyer who then completes the produce is obligated in Meiser. But according to the Rivam, who holds the exact opposite, that a buyer who completes the produce is not obligated in Meiser, so then it would actually be that a buyer and Hefker are the same status of exemption. Just like Hefker is a permanent exemption because it's removed from the concept of Meiser, so too the buyer is a permanent exemption because it also removes the produce from the concept of Meiser completely. And that would also, by implication, be the Ravid's position because he asked from Hefker on the Rambam's case, so he seems to assume that a buyer and Hefker are the same status of exemption. So it's worth realizing that Rab Chaim's distinction between Hefker and the buyer is actually part of the debate between the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam versus the Ravid and the Rivam over that point. Now, the Mari Korkis, in his commentary on the Rambam, has a similar distinction to Rab Chaim, but he formulates it a little differently. Rab Chaim distinguishes between Hefker being removed from Meiser versus a buyer who's not removed from Meiser, but the Mari Korkis bases it more on the Psukim. And he says that the leniency of Hefker is based on the fact that the Torah obligates produce which the Levi has no rights to. But ownerless produce, the levy could take ownership of as much as anyone else, so therefore it's exempt from Meiser. So that type of exemption is going to be a permanent exemption, as opposed to the exemption of a buyer, which is based on Tvuas Zarecha, that the person has to own the produce. So according to the Rambam, if they own the produce when they completed it, that makes it Tvuas Zarecha and they would be obligated. So that's why it's not a permanent exemption. So this is some of the discussion around this Rab Chaim. There's a lot of chidushim that Rab Chaim says in this piece. And in the Or Olam edition, they quote a number of comments from Rabbi Beryl Soloveitchik and from Rabbi Shol Yaakov Fisher and from others discussing the issues raised in this piece.